This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Freelance Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. Whether you're ready to launch the side hustle you've been dreaming about, working to double your freelance income and go full-time, or just seeking inspiration from some of the smart, innovative folks I know, you're in the right place. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. What's up? And welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. You can find me at the Latasha James. And today we are talking about building a personal brand. What exactly is a personal brand? And most importantly, how do you craft one that's unique to you, that tells your story, and that helps you advance your business or your career or both? So first off, what is a personal brand? I feel like personal branding has become really one of those buzzwords over the past few years in marketing. And to be honest, a lot of people just don't even know what it means, but we all know that we're supposed to have one, right? So a personal brand is really just the impression that you want to give off of yourself when it relates to your professional endeavors in in short. When I say your name, Amanda, Lisa, Todd, Michael, whatever your name is, what do you want me to think of after that? For example, if I were to type into Google Latasha James, we can see what comes up. It's probably going to be social media manager, freelancing, podcast, courses, those types of things. So those are really indicators of what people are relating me and my name and my brand and my business to you. They're relating them to those things. And it's important that you really take control of your personal brand so you are dictating what that's going to be, right? I want to be shaping what those search results say and searching what the public essentially or people who view my content think of me so that they are thinking of the me, the version of me that I want them to, that I have something in my business to relate that to and so on and so forth. So step one to creating a personal brand, one is to decide how you want to be referred to. You know, do you want to be known as your name? Do you want your personal brand to have some type of a hashtag or some type of a title associated with it? So for example, I'm Latasha James. That's how I chose to identify my personal brand, but I could have easily chose LJ, my nickname. I could have easily chose Latasha. I could have chose a uh, pseudonym or something that maybe I was more comfortable with from a privacy perspective. But then, like I said, it might also relate to a hashtag or some type of a brand uh, identity. Maybe it's Freelance Friday. Maybe I want people to associate that term with my name. Maybe it is, um, I don't know, marketing tips. I mean, that one's really general, but an example. Maybe it's some type of a, like a show, Freelance Friday or Marketing Hour with Latasha. Think of what that is going to be that you really want your signature thing to be. And then when you decide on that, here's my advice, is to secure it in as many places as you can. So that means 
by the domain name. I have an embarrassing amount of domain names that I own, but they were like $10 a year. So if it's something that you feel like you are going to use for a brand, specifically for a personal brand, buy it. And regardless of what you decide on for your personal brand, let's say that I chose, you know what, I wanna be known as LJ, LJ James. That doesn't really have a good ring to it, but let's say that's what I wanted. Either way, I would also buy latashajames.com. I recommend always having, if you can, owning your domain name that is your name, your full name, because you never know, and that's like the one thing in life that never changes for the most part. Obviously, you might change it if you get married or something like that, but either way, that's always gonna be you. So I really recommend having your first and last name secured. And then you also wanna secure your uh, personal brand name on social. Now, as a lot of you know, I am not an advocate for being everywhere. I have a couple of main platforms that I really focus on and the others I just dabble in or have fun in, but I still wanna have those usernames secured just in case my strategy changes, just to protect my identity, to make sure no one's scamming and impersonating and all of that good stuff. The next thing you're gonna wanna do is develop your personal brand statement. Your personal brand statement is really just like your tagline or your why statement. People will call them a lot of different things. I call it a personal brand statement. And what you need to address in this statement is actually really, really simple. Who you are, what you do, and what your unique selling proposition is. So for example, a really weak personal brand statement would be, hey, I'm Latasha, I'm a social media manager, and um, I create YouTube videos. I mean, that kind of answers each of those prompts a little bit, but it's pretty weak, right? It's not very compelling. It doesn't talk about who I serve or what makes my YouTube videos different than anybody else's or anything like that. A better example of that statement would be, hey, I'm Latasha, I am an online educator and marketer, and I help freelancers uncover their superpowers so that they can build profitable businesses of their own through online courses and YouTube videos and podcasts or something of that nature. So that tells you a whole lot more about the types of educational content I create. I also talk about, I help freelancers and creators develop these businesses of their own. So it's telling who I'm serving. And I'm talking about how I'm really passionate about helping people uncover their superpowers. I genuinely believe that everybody has something special about them. You have something special that I don't have and I have something that you don't have we all have something that is unique to us and it's important that we're building businesses that are focused around that that is what I coach and that is how I teach and not everybody does that there are a lot of people who teach a more cookie cutter templated strategy and so for me that's my unique selling proposition that's that third piece that's really important because there's a bajillion coaches out there a bajillion social media managers freelancers entrepreneurs why would you choose me over somebody else? Or on the contrary, why would you choose somebody else over me? It's important to address those things. So develop that statement and use that as sort of your elevator pitch. Use that as your personal brand statement that you can use on your different social platforms, you know, in your bio sections, on your website. We'll talk about that in a second. And, you know, just really internalize that and use that as sort of your driving factor for yourself. Just keeping in mind, who am I trying to serve? What am I trying to 
drive home and get across? What message am I trying to convey to the world? And and keep that in the back of your head as you're doing all of your marketing activities and talking to people and so on and so forth. Next, you're going to want to do exactly that. You're gonna want to build a website or develop some other type of home base. Now, for most of us, it is gonna be a branded website, meaning latashajames.com, ljjames.com, you know, whatever it is that you decide to go with. Maybe it's freelancefridaypodcast.com, if that's how you want to be known. But most of us, it's gonna be a website. Now, for some people, it might be something different. We can look at examples of excellent personal brands that really their home base is Twitter or LinkedIn, or maybe it is a YouTube channel, but 99% of the time I'd recommend you do have a website that can be your hub. It can be the place where you can always lead people back to, to get more information, to get in contact with you, to learn about your paid offers, to learn more about you, to invite you to guests on their podcast, you know, all of those things. They should be able to really get anything that they need from you through your website. And then the social stuff, the YouTube, the Twitter, that's kind of extra and that's a distribution channel, but it should all, I'd like to think of it as like a river and a, and a lake. You know, it should all lead into this larger pool, which is gonna be your website. It's gonna be your home base. I personally recommend Squarespace. That's what I use for my website just because it's very easy to create on my own. Now, if you want something super advanced and super beautifully designed, totally understandable. And I definitely recommend investing in that if you feel it makes sense. It depends on, you know, on what you're trying to do. If you're branding yourself as a web design educator, you're going to need to invest in a really beautiful website. But for someone like me, I can get by with Squarespace. I don't need to prove that I am like this master web designer or that I have this massive web design team personally. Either way, whatever website builder or tool or freelancer you decide to go with, make sure that your website has an about page, a contact page, and some type of a services page if you're going to sell something or if it's not a service, maybe you don't really want to sell anything yet. You want to write. So you're going to have a uh, blog page. Maybe you just want to educate through free, free videos and build up a YouTube channel, have a, a you know a video page, podcast page, whatever it is, but have the product, if you will. And it's either going to be a free product, a free type of content, or courses or coaching or, you know, services like social media management or writing or design. Now I talked a little bit about social media and I think here's where a lot of people get hung up with the personal brand thing is they don't do a lot of those first steps and they dive right into social media and social media is a distribution channel. Social media is a river, you know, it's one of those channels that's going to lead to somewhere else but it's not everything and it also does really require a strategy. You need to know who you're talking to. You need to know what your mission is. You need to know what that personal brand statement is before you really get active with the social media strategy. Um, you also need to, like I said, know who your clients are or your ideal customers, and that's gonna help you decide which social media platforms you're gonna spend the most time on. And here's my recommendation. You don't need to be everywhere. You do not listen. Take it from me. I don't I don't have a million followers on any platform. My strategy is getting really good at one and then slowly introducing others 
where it makes sense and where I really want to. So for me personally, my number one social platform is YouTube. And then I would say it's maybe Instagram and the others are like third, fourth, fifth. You know, I, I don't really pay a whole bunch of attention to them. What I do instead is I repurpose this content. I take snippets of YouTube videos. I, I am taking videos, so I decide to take a photo for Instagram at the same time. I, you know, post a link to a YouTube video on Facebook. And I really just repurpose and redistribute the content. And this is important because if you try to do everything, you're going to give a halfway job at everything. I would rather give 100% at one thing and then maybe give 50% or 25% at some of the other platforms versus giving 25% to everything. Do you know what I mean? So figure out where your audience hangs out, figure out who you're trying to reach and and what platforms they're the most active on, what platforms have the opportunity for the most reach. Because for me, like LinkedIn is a good example. A lot of my ideal clients for my agency, you know, people who I would serve through video marketing and through social media strategy, They're on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is one of the smaller social platforms. I actually have the opportunity to reach a lot more people on a platform like YouTube than by posting a, you know, LinkedIn live every single day. Now, like I said, I can absolutely repurpose this content and hit, you know, two audiences, but I'm probably not going to make LinkedIn my number one platform just because the reach is only so big. It is a smaller social media platform. Same thing for Twitter. I love Twitter. There's a lot of people who are in my target audience on there, but one, the conversation style is different. This type of content doesn't, you know, fare as well on Twitter and the platform is smaller, right? So keep all those things in mind. You also want to keep in mind what you're good at and what you like to do. For me, I cannot stand writing. I'm all right at writing. I'm an okay writer. That's actually how I started freelancing. I started as a freelance writer, but like I, there's nothing that sounds worse to me, especially when it comes to my personal brand. Cause this is usually something in addition to my client work or, you know, our jobs that we might have. So you want it to be something that is feasible for you and that you can actually consistently create content around. Video is a lot easier for me. It comes fairly naturally to me. I've been doing it for a very long time and I like it. It's not, it, it doesn't take a ton of energy out of me. It's, it's fine, you know? Other people, it might be the reverse. And again, this is why it's really important that your personal brand is personal to you. It's not gonna look exactly like anybody else's. I am never going to do a dancing TikTok or Instagram reel. That's not my thing. I cringe when I think about doing it for myself personally. No shade to anybody who chooses to do that, but that's just not my thing. So figure out what you're good at, what you like to do, what your audience likes, where they are, and uh, focus on that and then repurpose for the other platforms. Okay, and then from there, you're going to want to establish a visual identity or an identity in general. I say visual, but I also mean a sonic identity. I mean, just a, a brand, a look, a feel, a vibe for your brand. So this means colors, fonts, 
logos. Now, a logo is not the most important thing in the world. Some people feel like they need to have a logo before they post on Instagram for the first time. You absolutely don't. But if you, you know, decide to launch a website, you probably should have a logo. So, so think about that. I'll have a video coming soon, actually, hopefully next week about my logo redesign process. So stay tuned for that. But also colors. Are you a very, um, you know, neutral person, black, white, tans, creams, grays? Are you very colorful and bright? Uh, how do you want people to feel when they consume your content or stumble upon your page? This is a really interesting uh case for for researching color psychology you know colors really affect our moods and affect how we how we categorize different brands in our brains so study up on that and kind of reverse engineer that how do you want to make people feel maybe if you want it to be very serene and calm you're going to use blues etc right um Fonts, same thing. You know, there are fonts that are going to be very playful, very jovial. There are going to be fonts that are very refined and elegant. So think of all these things and try to keep it consistent. You know, not just with your website, but make that spill over even to your Instagram content, your YouTube content. I have a specific way that I edit my videos. They should all feel like they're coming from the same channel. No, they're not all identical. You know, they they might use different colors, different fonts, different um, editing flows or, or workflows, but they should all feel like cousins at the very least. At least I hope they do. You know, it shouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm watching this like wild, you know, channel. And then all of a sudden it's like this polished, refined channel. It should all feel pretty similar. And, and like I said, you know, it's not just visual either. If you're doing video content, this also should be sonic. You know, what kinds of music do you usually play throughout your content, even your speaking style? I, I, I get, I get the comment all the time, which I think is so funny and I don't actively try to do this, but People will say, I like your podcast because you don't yell, <laughs> which I think is so funny. And that is just certainly me. I'm an earth sign. I'm very mellow. Some people find it boring and that's okay because your personal brand is not going to be for everybody. I'm certainly not for everybody. Nobody is. Um, but so I have a serene kind of vibe. I'm not going to start a podcast just randomly and start screaming in your ear when 99% of my other podcasts haven't done that. So keep all of those things in mind. And those are some of the important things when it comes to building a personal brand. Now I have a couple of other like random tips that I wanted to talk about in this episode as well. When we talk about our visual identity, our brand identity, sonically, all of that stuff, don't just think online either. Really try to think outside of the box and think of an offline experience as well. What I mean by that is clothing, for example. When I go to a speaking gig, or when I go to an event, or when somebody sees me on the street even, maybe not lately, lately I've been really, really casual, but usually I have almost a uniform that I wear. And it doesn't mean I don't try different things. For example, I'm wearing like lime green today, which is new. I, I don't wear lime green too often, but I do often wear tailored blazers like this, right? Or jackets or a certain look in, in vibe for a long time. A few years ago, my brand was a lot more like Midwest chic. I feel I was wearing a lot of denim and a lot of like hats and things like that. So whatever it is that all plays into how people feel about you and how people relate to you. So try to be consistent. Like I said, it doesn't mean you have to wear the same thing every day, but if, if you're like colorful, like artsy roll with that, 
don't show up to a speaking gig in an all black three piece suit. If you are this like artsy, cool person, keep with it, you know, get a a cool neon suit or a fun t-shirt underneath a blazer or something like that and really make it an offline experience too. Same thing for business cards. Business cards these days are so cool. It used to be that everybody's cards looked the same. There were these like boring squares or rectangles. Now you can pay attention to the thickness of the card. The, uh, you know, is it matte? Is it shiny? Is it pearlized? Again, keeping those brand fonts, colors, all of that in mind as well. So, you know, just remember, I think sometimes it's so easy to just get stuck in the online, especially in days like we're living in, but someday we will leave our houses again. And it's important that you are representing your brand in person as well. Another thing I wanted to add in here is if you're stuck, because I know I certainly get stuck sometimes, it's like, it's such a weird thing to think about yourself or to to talk about yourself. It can feel either very narcissistic or very like you're not being narcissistic enough, like you're not boosting yourself enough. So something I, I, I advise is talking to people who are close to you. Maybe it's a client, a client that you really trust, like your ideal client, somebody you loved working with. Maybe if you do have a team member or an employee, uh, maybe it is a friend or a family member or a partner. Be careful with those because sometimes they can just say things that we want to hear because they love us and they support us. So if it can be a business connection, that's ideal. I know people in my group, the Freelance Friday Club, that's a great place to find like an accountability type partner and sort of a neutral business um mind, if you will, to get feedback from. So those types of groups are great. I'll leave a link for the Freelance Friday Club in the show notes and description box if you want to join us over there. But ask people, say, hey, what are what do you think of when you think of me? What colors? What are some adjectives you'd use to describe me? Like I mentioned earth, you know, I'm an earth sign. I mean, that's a little like woo-woo astrology, but it, you know, people often do describe me as that. It's very mild-mannered, very calm. Um, you know, so, so think about those things, talk to people and, and just take a little survey. It doesn't have to be super formal, just jot down some adjectives that people use to describe you. And it doesn't mean that you have to roll with that. Maybe it's the opposite of what you want. If people were to say, Latasha, I find you to be like really wild and, you know, all over the place. Obviously I wouldn't want to make that my personal brand, but I might take that and say, I need to be be aware when I am meeting people to, you know, try a little harder to be less all over the place. And I'm actually going to kind of try to reverse that way of thinking if that's the impression that I'm giving people. And then kind of similarly, I think I always say this. I don't think I made this up. I don't know. Maybe I did. But I always say happy customers are your best salespeople. And I think that's true for a personal brand too. I hear it all the time. Latasha, the reason I decided to fill out that form or decided to hire you or decided to reach out to you and ask you on my podcast or whatever the case is, is that you had so many good testimonials on your website or your courses. I decided to take the course because you had so many good reviews of the course on the on the landing page. I hear that all the time. And I mean, think about it like Amazon, right? I mean, most of us, even if we don't love it, a lot of us shop on Amazon. And the first thing I do when I see something that I'm unsure about is I go click on the reviews and see what other people have said. So your personal brand is the same way. If you want to be known as this expert, you know, marketing expert or YouTube expert or whatever the case may be, 
make sure that you have some of those words, that social proof on your website, that you're using it in your marketing materials in a tasteful way. You don't want to just throw it in people's face and be like, you know, braggy, if you will, but you can do it in a tasteful way. You can have a reviews section on your website. You can highlight reviews and testimonials on your Instagram stories, highlights, and things like that. And another great way to both get social proof for your brand and also expand the reach of your personal brand is by getting press mentions. I get asked about this a lot. How do you get mentioned in different publications? And most of the, you know, for me, most of the ways that I've generated press has been organic just by putting out good content into the world that has good reach. And then people find it and say, Hey, can we quote you in this? But there's also a website that I've talked about before. So it's not new to a lot of you, but it's called Haro or help a reporter out. That's a great way to um, get started. Just generating some of that social proof and expanding your reach. You can sign up for emails. You can pick some different uh, categories that you're interested in or that you have expertise in. And what they do is they send you an email. I think it's every day. And it has all these different different sources or or, uh, publications that are looking for sources. So maybe Forbes is looking for a quote from a female entrepreneur. And I can say, okay, that's a brand that I know my target audience looks highly upon. You know, they would trust somebody who's mentioned in a source like Forbes. And therefore it's something that I want to align myself with. And that topic, I have something to say. So then you can write a pitch through in there. Let me know if you would like to see maybe a video with some tips about how to actually get your Haro pitches chosen. I, I do have a couple of tips on that. So let me know, but that's a good, good thing that you can do. And then similarly, an organic way, even more organic than Haro is podcasts, you know, pitching to different podcasts to be interviewed by them or having some type of collaboration opportunity on your platforms as well. Maybe you want to do a blog feature of different, you know, I don't know, business owners in Philadelphia or wherever your local area is. Or if you have a YouTube channel, you want to collaborate with other people. And, you know, just making sure that those collaborations are aligning, that they are also in line with what you want your brand to kind of stand for. And that way you can sort of tap into those other audiences as well. Okay. So I think that's all I have on personal branding. If you have any questions or want me to dive deeper into any of the things that I mentioned in today's episode, be sure to let me know. You can tag me on Instagram, on Twitter, or comment down below on YouTube. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll be back on Friday with a new episode. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. You can also learn about my ultra exclusive membership community, the Freelance Friday Club. Oh, and if you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or throw me a testimonial over at latashajames.com slash contact. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.